It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. We are here to answer your garden questions on the Lawn and Garden Show. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener. And I must tell you an honest confession this morning, because I have had, as you know, a Meyer lemon tree that I take out in the summer, bring inside in the winter. No, no big deal there. And for the past couple of years in the wintertime, it's gotten spider mites indoors pretty, pretty badly. And spider mites on a Meyer lemon can wipe them out. They can drop, make them drop all the leaves. I think last year I had five leaves when I took it back outdoors. It re-leafed out perfectly. Green, full of leaves. You can see the little flower buds getting started when I brought it in around Thanksgiving. So my Meyer lemon, I thought, I'm going to keep the spider mites away. So I went up to my garden shed where I keep all my chemicals and got a insecticide, spider mite spray, a blue bottle, you know, and sprayed it real good when it was outside and came inside. A couple weeks later, I thought, well, I'll spray it again, make sure this thing does not have any spider mites. And about four or five days ago, I looked at my Meyer lemon and I thought, man, it looks just like I'm getting spider mites on some of these leaves. What is going on? And so I picked up the bottle that I had used thinking that it was a miticide, only to find out that it's an insecticide. And insecticides, my friends, sometimes are not able to kill mites. Mites, as you know, have eight legs, and insects have six, leg, six legs. And insecticides are completely different many times from miticides. Indeed, the thing that I had that I thought said miticide somewhere on it, uh-uh, kills bugs, doesn't kill mites. In fact, kills probably every predatory beneficial insect on my Meyer lemon when I brought it in, so I have no friends in the fight. I have no bugs that will help me to kill the spider mites. <sighs> so I went to Pike, got some of that nice bonide miticide, and sprayed it on my Meyer lemon, and thankfully they are looking much better now. The leaves look much, much better now. So an honest confession, I made a mistake. I didn't read the label. I could have spider mites, and I'm hopeful that the new product that I have from Pike is going to take care of them. Read the label. Know what your product controls. Twelve minutes past the hour on a Saturday morning. Our garden number is 404-872-0750. And by the way, our friend Nicole joins us. Nicole! Miss Irene! Good morning, good morning! It's them against us. <laughs> and we never win. What do you want to talk about today? Well, Mr. Reeve, I have to tell you something that happened to me last week. It's not about gardening, but my heart is so in it. I have to tell somebody. What? I went to uh, Walmart Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, and there was I was in the bathroom. There was this little girl with his mother. And I don't want to append the mother. She said, that's your problem. And I was telling myself, why would you say that to a kid that depends so much on you? I was only seven or eight years old. Right. Okay. I thought, this is evil, you know. Mm-hmm. Then I go outside, and I see this man packing up all the bicycle he could in his, in his truck. And I saw him on, on the newspaper. He was on the front page. This man, by himself, he gave about, about 3,000 bicycles. You know, not a year, but over a period of a time. Right, right. And I said, this is a good man. Then this guy walked by. He opened his wallet, and he said, 
eat some money, put some some money in your gas tank. Yeah. I thought it was so, you know, from evil to good. And I was telling yeah, yeah. God, good's got to win over evil. Good's got to win over evil. You're exactly right, Nicole. That is my philosophy of life. Good eventually wins. Good plays the long game. And sometimes the evil things that we see, whether people getting killed by evil people or the evil things going on in the rest of the world, there are good things that happen, too. All right, Mr. G- Mr. Yes. Reeve, we're yes. going to get them. Good grief. We're going to go out and do some good. Yes. Yeah, good. It's good for us. It's good for them. It's good for us. good for the world. And I think good, as I said, is someday going to gonna, gonna, gonna win out there. You get a lot of rain, I guess. Oh, I am so sick. You know, in my li- past life, I was not a fish or a bird. I was a butterfly, and I don't like to have my feet wet. Oh, I hate it. Oh, good grief. So, <laughs> not a fish, not a frog. You are a butterfly in a past yes. life. <laughs> I don't like no feet wet. How many inch did you get? Oh, I had, you know, I don't even have a rain gauge anymore because one that I had last winter, it froze and the bottom dropped out of it. I never replaced it because I never go out and look at it anyway to see. My dad was really good about having a rain gauge and he would mark just about every day how much rain we got during the, during the year because his farm, his crops, you know, everything depended on his knowledge of weather, but I did not inherit that weather gene from him. So I got a lot of rain. It was in my basement, but I don't know how much. Same here in the crawl space. That's what I did yesterday. Yeah. Mr. Reed, I went inside the woods, and you see there's a lot of woods. Well, what a never accumulated ball. Doggone it did. I had puddle everywhere. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. You have to walk on top of the roots, and they're slippery, and you slip off of them, and get into the puddles, and then it's a miserable thing, and your feet are wet, and you think, fly, little butterfly, fly away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Nicole, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful talking to you. i got to get out of here. We'll see you next Saturday. Well, maybe not, but uh, yeah. Happy New Year. And the the best thing is you we have our health. We do indeed. Thank goodness for that. Goodness for that. Enjoy your day. Sharon is in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sharon, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I teach at a local high school, and my environmental science class is trying to do some stream bank restoration um, with a little creek that's on the property. And we Mm -hmm. we put in some of the biologs last year and tried to anchor in the soil by putting in red twig dogwoods and a willow, whose name I can't remember, but was supposed to grow in low-light conditions, and um, neither one of them survived. So we've got to replace it this year with some kind of a rootstock, but it's pretty dense. There's this great big beech tree that provides a beautiful shade, mm. and we have ferns growing wonderfully, um, but, but we need something with a stronger root structure to try to hold the soil in place um, because the logs are biodegradable, and the idea yeah, is to yeah, yeah. use the roots of the plants to stabilize the, the bank. So I was wondering if you had any suggestions. How much of an area do you have to cover, Sharon? Oh, not very big. Um, it's maybe about 25 to 30 feet long, and multiply that by two, let's say 60, because there are two logs. Yeah. We're shoving okay. them between, well, actually, there's a stack of three logs. And how so wide is the planting area along the bank? Is it, or 60 it's feet in linear. length, and then you have a foot or two or three of bank that you're planting to, or what are you... Are you playing on top um, well, of the bank? Well, there was bank on um, the right side where okay. we put in a couple of the willows, okay. um, and they didn't survive. 
To the the gentleman that I talked to earlier about stabilizing his slope, uh, sweet shrub is not a bad choice. Sweet shrub grows in the woods. It's wild. It has suckering ability. And I don't know, in dense shade, it may not be the happiest plant in the whole world, but sweet shrub is a possibility there. Okay. Uh, The itea that I mentioned to him as well, I wouldn't argue with somebody putting a couple of itea in just to find out if they would do well in the shade, but another wild native plant that has some shade tolerance. Leucothwe or dog hobble. I had that one, one down too. All right, <laughs> I'm thinking Le- we're on the same line. Yeah, okay. yeah. Dog yep. wobbles, do you think would do well in low lights? Because every time I've seen it, it's gotten a little more sun. All you're doing is experimenting. <laughs> we have to see. Unless your children want to come out there with flashlights and hold them on the plants all day long and all night long to give them light, I don't think we have any other choices. Okay, those um, are the three then. And ferns, of course. And ferns, of course. And ferns, and you know, many of the ferns, the ferns that I'm digging up in my backyard now, the southern shield fern has a pretty extensive root system. It spreads. That's why I'm digging it up, because it spreads so rapidly in my backyard. So southern shield fern, it is not um, evergreen, but it is certainly deciduous and vigorous during the summer, and it can take sun, shade, um, uh, dry, wet. It's a tough fern and spreads. So southern shield fern is another one. What about a cinnamon fern? Do you think that might work? Possibly. Cinnamon fern, not quite as much spreading, though, on the roots. But the shield fern is better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Hey, Sharon. It's great talking to you. Tell congratulations to your kids for doing a good science, environmentally-based science project. I will. Thank you. I'm proud of them. Our number at Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750. Any question, freely answered right here while you wait, 404-872-0750. Vera is indicator and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Vera, good morning. Good morning, Walter, and thank you for taking my call. You bet. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to plant any bulbs for the spring, and I have a list of some bulbs, or I'd be grateful if you could recommend some colorful bulbs that that I could plant, like maybe this week, that would bloom in the spring. Anything you can find. Is that really? enough answer for you? If you go to <laughs> Pike Nursery or to the big box stores and they still have bulbs on sale there, buy them and plant them. Okay, and they'll bloom. I guarantee they'll bloom. Well, okay. the big thing to worry, Vera, check the bulbs before you buy them if you can. Mash them with your thumb and uh, fingers to see how firm like an onion they are or how mm-hmm. dry like a husk they are. The husk ones are not going to, they're, they're dead. They're dried up. And so okay. you may find some of these on sale. Most of them will be 50% off bulbs. But if the most of the bag seems to be firm like an onion, yeah, uh-huh. you can plant them now without any problem at all. Well, thank you. Drainage is key. Don't forget that. For, you know, for forgetting to plant your bulbs, your homework is going to be when you dig the the uh, ground to put your bulbs in into the ground. Make sure that there is some loosening of the soil. Add some soil amendment. Add some stuff, yes. even pea gravel, to make the soil drain really good. Because bulbs really like to be drained well. But would you would you recommend um, waiting till the ground dried out a little? Or I know the ground is softer now for digging. Ah, yeah, you make time? a good point. I think so, Vera. Wait till the ground is a little soft, a little drier than it is right now. Because when it's soggy. There's hardly anything that can be done to keep it <laughs> keep it um, um, soft. It's going to be soggy. If you dig soil when it's soggy, it tends to clump up and make hard lumps. So, yeah, that would not be a bad idea. Give me three, four maybe days of pretty good sunshine, maybe a little wind in here, Vera, 
add the soil amendments, plant the bulbs then, there's not going to be any difference between blooming now or planting, you know, in, planting them now and blooming in the spring. If you wait a couple of days, it'll be fine. Well, let's go out of here. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. This is Lawn and Garden, our phone number 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. Lee joins us from Alpharetta. Hey, Lee. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what can, what can we do for you? I received a potted hellebores. Yeah. Blooming profusely. Yeah. I, it says it can be a house plant. I don't think so. I want to know when I need to um, plant it outside. And it says it can take some sun. Uh, and I've read no, no not to fertilize. I'm right, confused right. about all that. I think, uh, uh, Lee, I think your gut is right. I think putting it outside is the best thing for it. But if you want to try, try it and let us know. But it's... I'm not, I'm not going to go that way. I have problems with play outside. I've got two Japanese uh, maple in pots. Yeah. I'm afraid to plant them in the clay. I just, you know, the drainage bit. Uh, well, what, what's the long-term good drainage? They like to be drained, but I can't say that they're very sticky about the whole situation. I have some that are in a relatively wet place, but drainage better is better for them than uh, drainage poor. So make your choice, Lee. But one of the places I, I the place that I would say they'll do better is outside, even in clay, as long as it's not just soggy, flooded clay in the shade all day long. I still think you'd do better off with the hellebore to put it outside. I think it's just going to be healthier there. Let's go real quickly here. We get John out of here and get him doing something else. John, John joins us from Cumming, Georgia. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, Walter, enjoy your show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What can I do, John? Uh, I'm wondering, with this warm weather, do you think it's still a good idea to transplant? Yeah, no um, problem. I mean, this is still uh, spring. This has extended the transplanting season because soil temperatures have not gone very deep. We're still in the 40s, I'm thinking, right now, which is just fine for uh, planting, transplanting, I should say, blueberries, hollies, roses, whatever you got. It's fine right now. Uh, water them in real good, and maybe a couple more times water them in pretty well during the uh, winter. It would sure be nice. They're going to love you, love you, John, if you will add about a cubic foot of peat moss to the planting area, dig it in real thoroughly, plant your blueberry in the middle of each uh, mound, and the peat moss helps to acidify the soil, which is one of the things that blueberries really, really like, is well-drained, organic soils of low pH. That is blueberry heaven. Okay, great. Get her done. All right, appreciate it. Thanks for calling, John. All right, we got to go. More Lawn and Garden right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Good. Good morning. Walter is not here for this segment. My name is Scott Maxim, and I'm happy to join you. Uh, and as usual, we have Mickey Gasaway 
calling us right now for the Pike's Pick of the Week. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Mickey. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you on this first day of 2016? I'm great on the second day of 2016. Well, the first day for the show. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the story this week? What's the Pike Pick 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 of the Week? The Pike's Pick this week is foliage houseplants. Oh, outstanding! Do we have a large choice assortment oh, yeah, to choose from? Yeah, we have a great. Yeah, we have a great assortment right now. This is a good time to do houseplant. Everybody's tired of the. You know, they're ready to get rid of all the Christmas stuff and and redo their house. And this is the time to do it. It's just, it, it really makes you feel better. Oh yeah, and with the tree gone, you're going to have to replace it with a little green. And right. finally, the cold weather has arrived, so that means that uh, well, you need to do something with gardening. Can't go outside for it; it's too cold. So the house plants are a great substitute. It is a great. It is great. It's really, really funny. We've got some really pretty ones. I don't know. Scott, do you have any houseplants? Tell me the truth. No, I absolutely do not. Okay. Although I do have the paper white that Walter hooked me up with. Oh, well, okay. Well, you need to start, and the one you need to start with is either a pothos or a jade plant. Now, I know yeah. the pothos because my friend has one over at his place, uh-huh. and his cat is merciless on that plant. I know, but they, um, you know, they recover. They recover. They really are. That's, that's okay. And, and now all the different plants where the cat can't get to it <laughs> or train it to to do a little pruning for you how well, does that sound true. that's a good idea yeah that's not a bad idea now all these different plants that we have and i'm looking and i see about a half dozen that are on special mm-hmm. well actually anything all of the foliage plants just the plants that not it, it doesn't include orchids or uh african violets or things you buy for blooms these are right. things that you buy for foliage and we have Probably a hundred different ones. Wow, that's no joke. Yeah, yeah, we've got Chinese evergreens, and we've got pothos and dracaena, snake plant, zizi plant. That's a good one. That one is that would be a good one for you to start with. Oh, what it's makes that almost, one so special? Does it look almost, like the guys from ZZ Top? It's actually almost bulletproof. It is great. You can plant it. I promise you can plant it in really, really, really dark, you know, room that doesn't get much light at all, or you can put it in one that's got more light. You can not water it for weeks, and it'll still be happy. Wow. So that's the plant for you. Very low maintenance, and I basically can't kill it. That's exactly right. <laughs> Outstanding. It's hey, Mickey, um, where do we go online to find out more about Pike and what they're offering today? At PikeNursery.com. And be sure and ask the, the cashier for this so you'll get your discount, your 20% discount. Absolutely. And, and, and tomorrow. And this is for today and tomorrow, correct? That's right. Outstanding. Well, the Christmas tree is gone. Time to put some new green in place. Let's make it happen with these houseplants on special here today for Pike's Pick. That's exactly right. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, Roll Tide. Oh, hey, no. And before you go with that Roll Tide, I want to let you know, you're going to hear something coming out of my mouth right now you never thought you would have hear. I'm listening. Roll Tide! Very and you know why, good. Mickey? Very good. You have got it going. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm going to confess something to you. I'm not doing this because I'm a fan. Uh-huh. I'm doing this because I want Kirby here with a national championship oh, okay. under his belt so okay. we can start recruiting people away from you. Wrong, 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 wrong. Right, wrong, right, wrong, right, wrong, right. Wrong. And all the Bulldogs fans are with me in agreement. <laughs> Roll Tide, so next year we can go dogs. Woof, 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 woof.
<laughs> Happy New Year anyway. Happy New Year to you too. Pleasure okay. talking to you. We'll talk to you next week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. And as we do, time to join back in with Walter. Well, fortunately, the only crash you're dealing yeah. with right now is on the surface. This is Lawn and Garden, our phone number 404-872-0750, 404-872-0750. we got Rico in Conyers, and Rico is here with us on Lawn and Garden. Rico, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Uh, nice. Uh, I listen to your show all the time, and uh, great being here. Uh, I had a quick question for you. Um, I was driving uh, last weekend through Lithonia, Georgia, yeah. and I run upon an orange tree. Little oranges. Thought I was losing my mind. So <laughs> it sounds um, like it, probably, Rico. Have you been taking your medications pretty well? You're not. Yeah, uh, I had to <laughs> talk to this tree, uh-huh. and um, he said it was a Meyer lemon tree. Yeah, and okay. there's these huge. They look like oranges, but they're yeah. you know they're huge. Yeah, and he says he's had the tree for 15 years. He bought it down in Florida. Yeah, and I was just wondering. He he didn't do anything special to the soil. He just planted it. And he's been getting these, and gave me a bag full of them. And uh, I was just wondering, how is this possible? This tree has been there for 15 years, and he's getting all this fruit off of it. And everybody says they won't grow in Georgia. I don't think he has Meyer lemon. Meyer lemon is not, to my knowledge, not ever successfully grown this far north in Georgia. He might have a citrangequat. And that name, I know, is hard to pronounce, but the citrangequat is a a crossbreed between citrus and orange and uh, kumquat and, you know, things to make it more cold tolerant. And my friend uh, down in McDonough, not too far from uh, Lithonia, had some citrangequat, and I will have to go and look up on my website. He updated me last year and said we got some cold damage, but I think he had some fruit on his last... um, last uh, winter and early spring, so I need to look that up. But, again, I don't think it's a Meyer lemon. I think it's probably one of the more cold-hardy citrus called Citrangequat, and it may be in a real sheltered location or something like that. But you have, my friend Rico, homework to do, which is go by that house and get me a, a, a picture or two or an address or give me something to go on. I have, I have photos prove. of it, and uh, I can go back by and get his address and his information. I took some seeds. Uh, ah, you're the man, Rico. I would love to see. I would love to see the pictures. Why, why would they be so huge? I mean, I would think, you know, well, lower uh, maybe, but... Yeah, but different like, citrus have different sizes. Obviously, uh-huh. grapefruit is different from um, tangerine or something like that. And so that's, again, another reason why I don't think it's uh, Meyer lemon, because Meyer lemons, they get reasonably size. They get two to three, maybe if they're big, three inches maybe size. But Meyer lemon are not nearly as big as a grapefruit, or it sounds like what you described was pretty large. It's about the size of a, I mean, I guess a grapefruit has kind of a flavor of a a grapefruit and maybe a an orange or something like that. It's kind of bitter, like a yeah, lemon. I'm going citrangequat all the way, I think, but uh, probably not Meyer lemon. Not that. All right, well, um, I'll shoot some photos to your website. I took them, and like I said, the tree's been there for 15 years. Sure. It's not sheltered. It's there. You, I mean, you can literally... All right, them. all right, Rico. I want to see the pictures. I want some more info. Come on. I, I will send them to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Boy, do I love it when gardeners give me research like this, when I see pictures of things that I think um, 
you know, might be of interest to others, and I'm able to post them on my website at WalterReeves.com. One of the things that has been sent to me, three now people, over the last week is big white mushrooms on the trunk of their tree. And folks asking, why is this mushroom here? Well, a mushroom is not harmful itself to a tree, but what a mushroom signifies is there is a fungus that is breaking down the tissue under the bark and in the trunk of a tree. So mushrooms are never a good thing to see on a tree because it says something is weakening this trunk. Very likely the tree will eventually fail. Yes, I said the word fail. Very likely you're going to have to have it taken down, and it could be dangerous depending on how long the fungus has been acting inside the tree. So if you see a, a, a mushroom on the side of the trunk of the tree or at the base of a tree around where the roots are, that, again, is not a good thing for the tree. And you might uh, consider, in fact, I would consider doing this, hire a certified arborist, somebody who has training, who has a what's called an ISA, International Society of Arboriculture number, and you can just ask them, if you're a certified arborist, what's your ISA number? And it's like having a doctor and saying, where's your you know, doctor's certificate that you graduated from med school? And that's pretty much what the ISA certificate says, is these are doctors for trees, and certified arborists can come to your house and do a health assessment on the tree for not a whole lot of money. You can find certified arborists by going to the Georgia Arborist website, which is georgiaarborist.org. Georgia georgiaarborist.org. Chris in Alpharetta is with us this morning. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Uh, my question is, I have a, uh, we've got a little cottage on Lake Hartwell, and it's in South Carolina, and we have uh, tall oak trees in the, between our house and the lake, and about 12 foot up on the one close to the house is a fungus mushroom growing out of it. Yeah. And I've knocked it off, but it comes back. Yeah. And I'm concerned about it. It's a beautiful tree. I don't want to lose it. I want to know what I can do to protect it. And and it's pretty unsightly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what. My job, sort of, Chris, is to figure out why things happen the way they do, when they do. So, honestly, I'll be able to help other people when the same conditions occur again. And I have been sort of puzzled this winter starting back in, I don't know, the 1st of November probably, I got regularly, every week it seemed like, maybe every four or five days, I would get a picture of somebody's tree that had a big white mushroom growing out of the trunk, and this has just appeared, Mr. Reeves, this has just appeared. I got this mushroom on the trunk about eight feet up, right, 10 feet up. What's going on? And in at least one of the cases, and two, actually two of the cases, I could see just above where the mushroom had come out, there was a stub left. Somebody had pruned the pecan tree in one case improperly and left a stub about a foot long. It had rotted, and when that rotten stub had fallen off, it left a hole right in the trunk of the tree. Water went inside the trunk. Water let the funguses that various, variously like to attack wood. Fungus grew. Mushrooms are just flowers. Yours is a flower. It's a flower of a fungus that's inside the trunk of that tree out front. So... In you know, some cases I can see where the water got into the trunk that fed the fungus. In some cases I can't. But something has happened. Let's just put it that way in general terms, Chris. Something has happened to allow water into the trunk of your tree, somewhere above where the mushroom is coming out. Fungus is attacking the wood inside the tree. And bottom line, you can't do anything about it. Mm, yeah, that's not that's not good news for you nor for the tree. But 
the fungus is inevitably going to weaken the tree. There's not a way to get it out of there or strengthen the wood of the tree or to save the tree. And it's not going to be necessarily tomorrow that it falls over. It may not be next year that it falls over, but it's going to fall over sooner rather than later. Well, that's not good news. I know you don't want to hear that. But, hey, you're, you're talking to a guy sitting in a radio station far, far away from you, and you want somebody who walks in your yard to say, Chris, this is what's going on. And so let me suggest to you a second opinion that always is a good idea. Somebody who loves trees called a certified arborist. And you can find certified arborists in the Atlanta area by going to the georgiaarborist.org website. And they have a list of all their members, and most of them that are uh, uh, members have their, quote, quote, ISA number, their International Society of Arboriculture number. And they list it right there on their little ad, little listing for them. And so call one that's close to you in Alpharetta and say, hey, I need an ISA certified arborist to come out and do me a, a tree health evaluation and for, I don't know, 75 dollars something like that. They'll come out and tell you uh, exactly what's going on, look at your other trees in the landscape. They're really good about seeing things that you might not see yourself that can be corrected now rather than taking the tree down. So it's well worth an investment. GeorgiaArborist.org. Well, I thank you for the information, even though it's not the news I wanted to hear. Yeah, um, yeah. I needed to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want you okay. to park it underneath that tree. Don't do that, Chris. <laughs> All right. Thank All you, right. Walter, and you have a good New Year. You too, Chris. We'll be right back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. A great Saturday morning to each and every one of you. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I am here to help you be more successful. Hey, Lewis, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Uh, thanks for taking my call here. Uh, I've got a, a compost pile in the back of my yard that I've been nurturing for several years, and mm-hmm. it's been doing me real well. I've had no problems with it. However, I've got some old pine trees that have grown up that are kind of in the backwoods there. Mm-hmm. And these pine trees are infiltrated with ants. Hmm. And some of these uh, big limbs have fallen off into my compost pile. Hmm. And they have spread my compost pile with these fire ants. Huh. And uh, I don't want to spread all this compost around my house with all these fire ants. And I don't want to put a whole lot of chemicals yeah, in my yeah. compost pile. Sure. So I'm wondering, is there a possible way for me to get rid of all those ants out of that compost pile? I got an organic way, and the only downside to it, it is hard. Not hard, it's just going to involve work. If you turn the pile a couple of times, Lewis, that is bad news for fire ant mounds because they really like, uh, really do not like being disturbed. So my best advice, if you if it's not terribly, terribly big, is to go out there with a pitchfork and just flip it over a couple of times every, you know, every three weeks or a month even is fine. And disrupt any kind of ant activity in the mound, that's the end of the story. Or in the compost pile, and that's the end of the story. Okay. I'll right. definitely go ahead and uh, get out there and uh, try that. I, 
I was out there the other day, and I tell you, those fire ants, they crawl away <laughs> real quickly. Yes, they do. They want to find out who is up there disrupting their mound in that compost pile, and they'll make you pay for it. But if you flip it over a few times, they'll think, ah, oh, let's get out of here. Come on, Lewis is mean. And so they'll move back out in the woods and get out of the compost pile. No problems asked. Great. I appreciate that. All right, Lewis. Thanks for calling. Thank you, sir. Okay. My thanks go to this morning to the lovely, the talented Miss Ashley Frasca. Been here six years. Six years. Unbelievable. Scott Maxim looking like he's been here not a day over two. He's been here nine years. Getting that great music on a Saturday morning just makes us happy, makes us dance, makes us keep just want to come back next Saturday morning. We'll see you next Saturday and the Saturday after that. Have a great holiday weekend. Happy New Year!